guy is drunk, but there he goes. Welcome, welcome, welcome to At The Line. I'm Ty, and that's... What's up, guys? It's Mac. Hey, so... What's up, guys? We're back here with another At The Line podcast brought to you by Belly Up Sports. Be bold and stand out. So today we got a lot to talk about. We are going to be reviewing a winning week. Guess what, guys? Power was gone. I'm cheering. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry. I'll be basking that later. And then we'll be taking your Twitter questions in. We have a new we have a new segment that we're going to introduce to you guys that we're going to have a lot of fun with. So, but first, but first, let's get started. As you guys noticed, that we had said that we are now part of Belly Up Sports. But we are no longer part of the Pulse Podcast Network. We have left that network due to a breach of contract. There were a bit, there were a few disputes between us and the higher ups there, and so we decided to part ways. And we will hope for the best for them. But we are not going to be looking back as we are now part of Belly Up Sports. But Mac, do you have anything you want to say on that? Yeah, no, just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I think you, you phrased it very well. You know, due to creative differences. You know, they wanted to go one way, we wanted to go another way. And so, you know, we didn't we didn't see eye to eye on some stuff. But that does that in no way affects what we produce here, uh, what we are about and what you know, who we are. So <clears throat> you know, uh, I think we're definitely looking in the right direction and we're building something even better. Um and I don't know if you want to mention a little bit of that. Yeah, we're like you said, we're not planning to change any of our the way that we do our content. This is still going to be at the line as it has been. We will still have our amazing friends and guests that will come on. We are still going to have our fun segments and like that. But I think the only thing is changing that we are joining Belly Up Sports. And Belly Up Sports was awesome to sign us on. Uh, visit bellyupsports.com for more podcasts and articles of all your favorite sports. They got podcasts from football to racing, baseball, and even hockey. We're going to be one of their first basketball podcasts, so we're excited about that. And they even have more sports and leagues in their article section. They also, this is a rare thing to see, they also have AAF in their articles, too. That's actually really awesome. I'm, I'm glad that they're kind of jumping on that really quickly, um, especially after the wildfire that the the, AF, the AAF started. So it's really nice to see that it's gaining some you know momentum. Yeah, so go check them out at bellyupsports.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at bellyupsports. We are really excited to be joining this network. We'll be working with a few guys from that from the network, and we're just having a lot of fun. The other big announcement, though, is introducing the Rise Up podcast community. At The Line is part of the brand new Rise Up podcast community. Rise Up is a community dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts all around and we are happy to start that and get just start that up and bring a lot a new a new way for <clears throat> podcasts to promote themselves grow as a grow as a community and as a podcast as a whole this is stuff that small podcasts like us really needed before there's going to be a lot of social promotion so go check out the podcast and the podcast and the different p- 
podcast part of the community at bit.ly slash rise up pod community. That's bit.ly or bit.ly slash rise up pod community. Or you can check them out on RU pod community. That's RU as for rise up pod community. And just as a little disclaimer to this, um, this in no way is a quote unquote network. And we are not, or this community is not seeking or will push any type of endorsements, any type of contracts. It's purely a podcast community to support each other. So as a disclaimer, we are not a network. Yes, it's a, it's a podcast community. There's no contracts, no restrictions, none of that stuff. It's just meant to help promote and help each other grow as a result. If you want to join, just go follow them on Twitter, community and DM them and say that you're interested interested in joining the community. It's just a group of podcasters getting together, sharing trade ideas, tips, tricks, you know, um, you know how to grow and helping each other out. So in no way is it a network. I cannot stress that enough. Yeah, it's and that we have a lot of big news coming to this this <laughs> podcast. Uh the last thing I'm going to mention though is that we that that the royalty podcast is now be going to be changing itself up to a normal NBA podcast, and I will be co-hosting that with Austin DeBolt, who we've had on our podcast before, and James Laffery, who is the host of the Everything Cavs podcast. So we're I'm excited to be starting on that. That's going to be a general NBA podcast for the royalty. I'm making a I'm making a tagline as I go at this point. <laughs> but uh, go check out the royalty podcast at Royalty Podcast on Twitter. All right. All right. So, <laughs> six minutes later, now we're going to get started on Spurs. So, thank you for staying along with that. All right. So, we had Spurs had a big week. Went three and zero after coming coming out back home off the rodeo road trip. They had games against the Pistons, the Thunder, and the Nuggets. So, let's get started with the Pistons game. The Spurs returned home finally after that horrid one and seven. Oh, that rodeo road trip was just rough. And we should just not talk about that ever again. <laughs> All right, that's the last mention of the of the RT. But as a good good way to start off, the Spurs won one hundred five to ninety three over the Pistons at home. This was just a fairly easy win for the Spurs. What wouldn't you say? Yeah, but I think uh, a funny thing is I think uh, you know in our last podcast we had mentioned that this this homestand was going to be pretty lopsided in, in the defeats. You know, we were very. Um, unsure you were unsure about that i was being optimistic (laughs) yeah you're right i think so but i was i I was definitely skeptical about about this i will you know i I don't i think like i was maybe like a 0.5 percent chance that we were going to sweep but we ended up sweeping that 0.5 chance came true yeah (laughs) and so first this game the team played solid on both ends of the court this was just a better all. This was one of the better all-around performances, even if it was against a barely 500 team in the Pistons. It was still a good around team. Uh, the Spurs actually had some really good defense. Held the Pistons to 36% shooting, and like under, I want to say at least maybe 100 shots they attempted. Mm, yeah, I believe so. Um, but another place where where the Spurs really excelled was uh, rebounding, and I think. That had to do a lot with the um, additional, you know, roster spot, you know, quote unquote roster spot opening up or, or time. I, more so, I should say time 
opening up and Pearl coming into the starting lineup and, and his spark, just, you know, his, the way he moves on the court, you know, he's constantly running back and forth and, and he's, he doesn't slow down and this guy's crashing the boards. He's doing an excellent job. Um, and he was a big part of the, the Spurs 55 rebounds. Um, he had a total of 14, 14 rebounds, 11 points and three blocks. So, I mean, he, I think going forward, depending on what team they face going forward, that, you know, the Pirtle LA lineup looks really, really good. Yeah. And it's, it seemed like they were putting Pirtle in just to pop was putting Pirtle in as a situational since it was the big man duo of Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. But also, Justin mentioned that the Spurs out-rebounded that big man duo with LaMarcus and Pirtle. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I, I think a, a huge benefit to them was was the rebounds, um, you know, and the second second chance points. So it, the lineup definitely was helped in their favor. And I'd always complained. I think I complained on last week's podcast about the Spurs' not lack of rebounding. And they've, I think they listened to our podcast because they clearly <laughs> fixed their rebounding. But um, we like, need to put that in our Twitter profile. Pop listens to our, our podcast. Pop <laughs> listens to at the line. But uh, Demar also had a solid game, uh, filling up the, st- the stats. And this is kind of the Demar we've been seeing. It's not he was known in Toronto for just being a really good scorer, but lately, especially with the Spurs, I think he's found his he's found his really his system match within the system. He has seventeen points, thirteen rebounds as a guard. Jesus. And eight assists. This dude is filling up stat sheets. Uh, it's a offensive. He's still an offensive type player, but he's doing a, a lot more. He's doing a has a more all around game, and it's very fun to watch too. Because you would think that going into a where Toronto, where he was the number one option, he's kind of learned the system here, where he knows that he doesn't need to be relied on. He doesn't need to be carrying the team and scoring. He can. He can dish the ball out because he knows he has reliable shooters and targets, especially with this bench. This is a great three-point shooting bench. Yeah, I think um, I, I think you're absolutely right on all of that, and and I also think that as a Spurs player, you're not gonna gonna reach these these high scoring games. It's just it's not the system, and we've seen that you know with Kawhi and how how. This, this season, he's setting career scoring. Well, yeah, duh, obviously, because it's a different system. And the same thing with DeMar. You know, he's had the the inverse effect where he's not scoring as much, but his rebounds and his assists are up. So that that goes all back into that, yes, there is a system that San Antonio runs, and the system is about the team, not the individual player, even though the, the Spurs are running a lot of ISO. <laughs> but... That that's another that's something else. And you can't say so, that the you can't complain about the system when the system works clearly. Right, right, exactly. But um, also in this game we saw Brain go down with the injury. We thought it was way serious than it actually was. It looked like he, I thought he broke. I thought he pulled something and broke something in his ankle. From the looks of it, because he was <clears throat> he had to be carried off. He wasn't carried off the court because he was able to get to the sideline, but he had to be helped to the locker room. But eventually he would be playing other. He'd be playing these next two games. So this big injury that I thought was going to be pretty big because Brent has actually been a key part to the nine man rotation was actually thank God not too serious. It it was a weird weird injury. I didn't like. 
looking looking back at it in real time and also uh, in slow motion, it just there's not like a an exact moment where you see where the injury occurred. Like it just it it doesn't really happen. You know, like on other plays, you'll see where you can specifically see like an ankle roll or you know like them hyperextend their knee or something like that. But with with Brins, it was just. I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm not. I'm still kind of fuzzy on exactly what happened and how it affected his his ankle. But yeah, I'm very glad that um, his injury isn't too serious. And because he he can be inconsistent sometimes, but we definitely need his scoring. I think the but the our big person that's coming off the bench that I think has been a big surprise to me at least. I'm not sure about you, Marco, Marco Bellinelli. This dude is like scoring ten points off the bench per game off the bench and he's just been whenever he's hot he this dude is hot and lights out from three-point range of leaning to those right and left and still draining them somehow yeah and i think it's it goes back to them being at home where he's comfortable i mean of course obviously he wanted a championship with us uh or with the spurs in 2014 but and now that he's back home of course he understands in the court he's he has the fans behind him so He's a very emotional player and plays off of that. I think he gets in his head a little bit two times on the road where he he, he doesn't shoot right for a little bit and then it's just it's it's a snowball effect from there. But um, being at home has definitely turned the tide for for this team for sure. Yeah, and he sh- so he shot seventeen points against on seven and ten shooting seven points out of seven bas- seventeen points out of ten attempts. That's pretty damn, damn. good. Damn, that's insane. And, yeah. <laughs> But he's been a key part of the bench, that bench of that bench lineup, and overall, this was a good win for the Spurs, one hundred five to ninety three over the Pistons. The next one, this was a pretty big game in itself. It was a the Thunder coming back to San Antonio after they split their their last two games with the Spurs, one and one. The last time they were in San Antonio was Lamarcus's fifty six in the, the sweet fifty six. Sweet fifty six. Uh, the Thunder did not have Paul George, so I think that was a sigh of relief for all Spurs fans in the world, seeing that Paul George, MVP candidate, is not playing with that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I for sure was relieved when, when, uh, when that the injury report came out for sure. But this was another all round game. This was after this game. I was, I was kind of sold that the Spurs were back in December, the December form. The Spurs defense in the second half held the Thunder to only 15 points in the third, only 39 for the second half completely. You know, I'm not quite there yet to give them that benefit of the doubt and say that their December form is back just because we haven't seen them on the road. And that's where their biggest problems lie is on the road. I think they're 11 for 24 on the road or something like that. They are 11 for 22 on on the road. However, they are twenty-five and seven at home, right? And and they have one of the best home records, that's for sure. Um, but it, it, but that's the problem is, especially if you're you're not in the top four come playoff time, you're playing on the road. You know, you start off on the road, um, and the majority of your games are going to be on the road. Um, and if it's not until you win that first round where you can change that, and so that's that's my biggest problem is they really have to focus, um, on making sure that they, they they can play on the road because that was what the that's what the rodeo road trip is is intended for and that's why you always hear these these spurs these veteran spurs players say like 
yes, this is the rodeo road trip is good because we get bonding time and we, we get to gel this chemistry a little bit more. And, and that's exactly what's happened or that's exactly what did not happen this season because of how deflating the, the rodeo road trip was. It was just, I'm, and not to mention there, there's no one, there's not a glue person like there was in the past, you know, like Manu or, or Boris Patty's there, but I don't think he has that same presence yet as you know as a manu or as a boris or, or as a timmy so you know it's just they they gotta they gotta show us what they got or they gotta show us that they're focused on the road before i can say they're back for but sure they gotta do that quick because it's about it's about to be time but this although they've had their road issues <clears throat> they play outstanding at home and this was another representation this spurs defense is is ranked one of the worst in the league i believe 28th last time i saw it but in the past three games, they were one of the top defensive ranking teams. In the past three games, I know it's a small sample size, but still, when you hold the Thunder to 39 points in the second half and held them to under 24% three-point shooting, they also forced 13 turnovers against the Thunder. Mm-hmm. This is a... Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, and another surprising thing about their defense is a lot of people were giving a shit to DeMar for his defense, but he's been playing some pretty damn good defense lately. Yeah, for sure. And the one guy that we already talked about, Jakob's, Jakob's difference. He had three blocks that, that game and seven rebounds. Spurs in total had eight steals and six blocks against the Thunder. But the guy I want to talk about, though, is I think this, the Spurs season MVP, Derek Wyatt. This, <laughs> this, yeah, um, this team is, and I'll let you go into it, but just real quick, this team is night and day when Derek White is on the floor. It's I think there's stats that'll back it up that this team is better when Derek White's on the floor. And Derek that was one of the, his nights. He had to go up against Russell Westbrook and he held Russell Westbrook to under twenty two point to about twenty two points. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. No 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 he didn't even hold him he held him to nineteen points. Yeah. And then he and Russell Westbrook also had seven turnovers that game. And that that's with Derek White having his assignment. That's that's insane. I mean it's kind of crazy how like the Spurs last season had such a great, great showing with DeJounte as a defensive point guard. And then now they find another or they found another defensive point guard that just does everything. He's a complete package of just everything. is kind of scary, and I mean, especially after the Spurs and what they suffered with with Kawhi and having to lose a, a generational player like that, and then seeing somebody like Derek White come and be that quote unquote knight in shining armor, like it it definitely gets you very tingly about the future with him and with Dejounte. For sure, and yeah, Derek White <clears throat> showed up. 14 points on 60% shooting, 8 rebounds, 3 steals, and a block. Derek White is essentially another DeJounte Murray in his own right, and this backcourt is going to be deadly. It's going to be dangerous to come next season. And whoever whoever says, what are we going to do about DeJounte and Derek fitting together? A, shut up. Just shut up. It's a point. You, need, <laughs> you do not need to bring that up. It's not a bad problem. It's a very good problem to have. Shut up. Enjoy it. That we have two phenomenal 
point guards, especially having the la- the season last year where it was Patty and Bryn, or sorry, the beginning of the season where it was Patty and Bryn, we had that little stretch with them. Just shut up and enjoy. Well, you can't have two point guards. You can only have one. <laughs> There's a, it's a, going to be a point guard controversy. <laughs> Who do we pick? Is Jante or Derek? And then, and then <laughs> don't, don't do that to yourself, Spurs, Spurs fans. Don't Just do don't. It. Just don't. Enjoy it. Love on it. It's going to be good. It's going to be okay. All right, so ending that, the Spurs won 116-102 over the Thunder at home. LMA also went off at 27 points, 10 rebounds, and added a block and a, block and a steal. He also had only one foul the whole game. That was wow. the even better showing of defense and offense on me. Whenever you only have a single foul, plus you, yeah. plus you had 10 rebounds, and you were going against Steven Adams, who's one of the most physical guys in the league. For sure. All right. Also, moving on, moving on, looking at moving on is the Nuggets game, one hundred four to one hundred three win over the Nuggets at home. This was a, this was a scary one. It's a scary one, but it also was very. It's a mixed bag, to be honest. Yeah. And it's hard to really tell how to feel about this game as a whole. On the one hand, this team played really, really good basketball, and. This especially against the second best team in the West. This was just really good basketball, and they also they never trailed this whole game. Oh, it wasn't until the fourth quarter. That nope, they, they trailed. Right? Nope, they no, never no. they never trailed. They never gave wow. up. They never gave up the lead at all this whole game. Wow. And so they had a great outing. It was if you look at the stats, it's a pretty damn good game, especially from Derek White who. Who had three blocks. Three blocks from a guard. I'm telling you. Get that tingle. You get that tingle that, you know, the Spurs found another one. Also, the Spurs, they went on like a really early run where they were up like 23 to 14 at one point. It was looking really good. Drew Eubanks even got a block in there too. Yeah, so, and, and this is the, I guess this was the frustrating thing. Um, with this game and why a lot of people, you know, kind of were upset about it was because the Spurs were kicking ass. They were just dominating. Um, they were just dominating the, the Nuggets, you know, everywhere from the front court, back court, everything. Just it, it was a, a total, you know, it was a great game. Um, L.A. looked unstoppable. DeMar was was playing lights out. Uh, Derek Wyatt was doing great, and all his shooters were shooting and on on target. And then, come the fourth quarter, it just poof, poof, disappears. <laughs> and you know the the giant lead that they had they had mounted was was gone. And so, while yeah. while I I definitely applaud them for holding on, um, in the holding on the way that they did, it, it was very nerve wracking and. There's still a lot of work to do, obviously. So, um, so it's good to see that. Like, that's a very refreshing thing to see that, you know, what the Spurs team can be dominant, but yet they still have so much work to do where um, they can improve their game even further. So, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. We gotta we gotta take these these wins with, you know, with that that silver lining, you know. Yeah. 
in that fourth quarter, the Spurs got outscored 34 to 19. And it was mainly because Jamal Murray just decided to, that that was the time to start draining threes. And they, Denver had nine three pointers alone in the fourth. God and bless. It, and Pop, Pop said this, and I thought this was really interesting. He said that it wasn't the defense that it wasn't the defense wasn't bad. They just were getting good. They weren't even getting good looks. They were just draining stuff, even with good contestion. Yeah, and, that usually happens with the Spurs team. I, I, I mean, easy. And but Pop, <laughs> Pop Pop said his real concern was their inability to score in the fourth. And because I can understand that they their last basket was with two thirty one left in the game, and they didn't make a single basket for the rest of the game. Yep. They had a ten point lead. But they were able to hold on with it with good defense. Yeah, and that's why that's why I say like there's there's a lot of positives to this game because if you think about it this way, like if you think about it in the sense that this team, if you if you extrapolate what they did in the first the first half, you know the first quarter, first or second quarter, and then you apply that to the second half, if they would have done that the second half, this it would have been a blowout, a blowout for a healthy, fully healthy Denver Nuggets. And that's something that that you know we need to address. Is this was the first time this Denver Nuggets team was fully healthy? So they had all their starting lineup, they had you know all the rotation set. And I guess you can say on the flip side, you know this is they they had never played like this or with um, with a fully healthy team. But even still, fully healthy Denver Nuggets team, second best team in the Western Conference, and the Spurs took it to them and, and punched them right in the mouth from the very beginning. So that's why I say. I, I, you know, I take it with a grain of salt and, you know, I look at it and say, you know what, there's still a lot of things that they can fix, but this was still a good win. Yeah, for sure. So Spurs take out a win 104 to 103 over the Nuggets. When we come back, we will be talk- previewing the next three games and a certain Gasol is out of town. We'll be right back. Woo-hoo. Hey guys, have you ever listened to At The Line and then suddenly think, huh, I kind of want to make my own podcast? Well, guess what? I have something that's going to be the best tool for you in starting off your podcast. It's called Anchor, and this is what we use here at At The Line. Fun. It's absolutely free to use, and guess what? I know some of our hosting websites, they cost money to have you start your podcast, host it, and all that. Anchor doesn't do that. It's absolutely free. And there's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer if you don't have all the equipment that you want. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so you don't have to go to all these other websites and figure out, how do what what do I put? How do I get this? It's so confusing. Anchor, although, makes it easy for you. And they will put your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcasting websites. And guess what? The best part of it? You can make money from your podcast, but no minimum listenership. That means you can do your podcast for free while making money. Who doesn't love that? And it's everything that you need to make your podcast in one place. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your free podcast. And we're back here at the line. We just talked about the 3-0 straight to start off the start off post all-star break. 
Now we got preview the next three games. First, we got March 6th at Atlanta. We got March 10th at with the Milwaukee Bucks at home. And then we have March 12th at the Dallas Mavericks. So let's get started with the Atlanta Hawks game. Ooh, they've been looking pretty damn good, especially Trey Young, who is, I think he's hit a whole nother level. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, Trey, you don't hear anybody else from the Hawks team aside from Trey Young. Um, and as as a rookie, this this guy is just he's lighting it up, and he's doing it in a very Curry esque way, meaning this kid is just shooting from all over the damn court. <laughs> as soon as he passes the the half court. He, you know, there's times where he just chunks it up and it goes in. So it's 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 insane how, you know, people were dubbing him the next Curry, and so far it looks pretty damn good. He's not doing too bad of a season. I think <clears throat> if it, if it wasn't for Luca being Luca, I think he would actually be in a kind of that rookie of the year race. He's score he's scoring 18 points per game, over almost eight assists a game. He's shooting an effective field goal percentage. 480. This dude still shooting. He's still shooting really well. He's shooting 415 from field goal range. I definitely think that um he he closed the gap. He closed the gap on on that rookie rookie of the year race. Um because initially every or at least majority of people thought that Luca was running away with it and no one was going to be able to catch him. And then post All-Star break Trey Young has been on another level. He's been out of this world. So I think he's definitely done a lot to to improve his chances. And and now the rookie of the year race is a lot closer than, than what people anticipate and, and what they believe. Dude, this rookie had 49 points in one game. This is... Jesus. But we don't have to worry because we got Derek White. And yeah. th- this Clamps. This will be a, I think that will be a fun matchup to see Derek White go against a hot Trey Young. Because Derek White's on is hot on defense lately, so this should be a fun preview. And the good thing about Derek White is he has a length over him. He has the length and he has the IQ. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Say, I'm not trying to bash. That's not a knock at, at Trey Young, but it's just Derek. Derek has been playing basketball for much longer at a higher level. And come on, let's face it. The organization is is much better where he's at right now. So. Um, you know, Derek definitely has all the intangibles to the clamps on on Trey Young, and hopefully that happens because um, some of our other guards are are not as good. Hey, don't 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 diss Patty. He did. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's not a knock on Patty. It's just hey. Patty's six foot, and <laughs> and Derek White is six four or six five. Hey, if a six foot Patty Mills can guard Kawhi Leonard, I think he can do anything. You know what, touche. That's that's a good point. I take that back, Patty. I love you. I respect you, and I respect your heart, man. I love it. But yeah, I, I like the Derek White matchup over Trey, especially with ex- like you said, experience, length. Are we, <clears throat> do do we want to do over under on how many blocks Derek White will get this game? I think he I think he he gets his three. So you're gonna go. I was gonna say two and a half is the line. You're gonna go over. I'll go over go. too. I'll go over. I think I think this is one of them. I mean, I mean, just, did you see that block he had against the Nuggets? I don't know who it was. I think it was Jamal, where like Jamal was trying to go up for some weak ass layup, and then Derek just I don't know how he had like go go gadget gadget arms and just extended a little bit more, and then bam, swatted it out. Like that, 
I mean, that's what I expect. That's what I expect from from Derek come uh, come the matchup with Trey Young. It should be a good game. The next game though is, uh, it's not going to be an easy one. I can say that it's against the league leading Milwaukee Bucks. This, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I don't think Derek White has the height to go against uh go against a good old Yanis over there. I don't I don't know if anybody has like the physicality like this anybody not named Kawhi Leonard has a physicality to guard um to guard Giannis. But this would even though it's gonna be a rough game, this would be a good chance for to see how well the Spurs offense can do against the best defense in the league. Also, it'd be pretty well to see if the defense can hold hold up against the number five offense in the league. This this team is ranking number one in almost in almost every single category you could possibly find. They're top five. I think the only the only thing they have less is free throw rate, free throw attempt yes. rate. They're at, but they make they have the second best three point attempt and percentage in the league. The number one effective field goal percentage in the league. We also have to say that Mike Boonhoser, a former pop pop prodigy, is this this team's head coach. Coach Bud. I mean, why do you think they're doing so well? You know, you take the metrics from what they were doing last year, um, I believe with Jason Kidd, and then you look at what they're doing now with, with Coach Bud, and it's just it's night and day, and it's because Bud is an actual coach. He knows how to coach, um, and he, because he's come from the you know pops lineage. So, and I'm so I'm so happy. I mean, that whole organization and, and franchise, like I'm I'm really happy they're doing good. You know, because they're they're basically the San Antonio Spurs of you know of the Eastern Conference, small market team. We've said that about um, every single Bud team there was. We said with Atlanta, and now we're going to say with the Bucks. You know what? Well, but the thing is with Atlanta, they, I don't, for some reason, they just, he, they never got it together. And I guess it's, it's kind of like the Steve Kerr effect where he's inheriting a good team because he didn't really have a lot of pieces or he had all the pieces already there. The only one that they added was Bledsoe, who's doing way better and excelling, um, you know, when he was, than when he was at the Suns. And so I think that the, the key was, the key was they needed Bud. They needed that mind. They needed that discipline that, you know, that that someone like Coach Bud can bring. And so it's just a perfect synergy of everything going on. Hopefully they can pull it together. They, the Bucks did have a really weird loss against against the Suns recently, you know, a couple of days ago. So that was an anomaly. But, <clears throat> um, you know, I have faith in Coach Bud and, and that organization. Hopefully they can can go far. Yeah, so that game is on March 10th at home, luckily. So the Spurs do have the home advantage. And we've seen weirder things, so possibly it could end up win if it goes right. I think for any game for for the Spurs to win, it needs to go right. <laughs> but uh, moving on to the next game, it's against the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas. I'm going to try to get tickets for that. but Nice. You should. Hey, whenever you... Whenever you work at a radio station, you have access to the, to the. If it's no, no one decides to pick up their prize, which I'm really hoping for this one. <laughs> nice, you have the inside track to it. That's awesome. Uh, this Mavs team has kind of been falling on the wayside lately. They were playing some pretty good basketball, and then they trade for Christoph Porzingis. They, I really love this. If there's another team that 
I needed, I would cheer for that will get me killed in San Antonio is cheering for this Dallas Mavs team. I, you know what? I think that's a great poll question. Like whether the Spurs fans, Spurs Nation, whether they they hate the Houston Rockets more or the Dallas Mavericks. Like which which team do they hate more? I think someone asked my money. Someone asked my money right now would be Houston. Houston, because unlike Dallas, Houston does not have a likable player. To be honest, because you you can hate Chris Paul, you can hate James Harden. Maybe I like Clint Capella. That's kind of the only guy I really like on that team. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that one too. But Dallas, that's pretty disagreeable with. The Mavs have such a likable team. Luca is so likable. I love watching Luca. Chris Oprazingis was my was one of my favorite players before he got traded to, Matt, to Dallas too, and so whenever you put if a Luca and Chris Oprazingis next to each other, it's kind of hard to like not like this team at all. I really respect Dirk. I think, and I think I've kind of gained that respect for Dirk growing up in Dallas. Also, JJ is a really fun guy. If you've never seen interaction with JJ Barea, he's pretty fun. I think that the only two people that um, <clears throat> that any Spurs fans can agree with me on, on disliking on the Mavs is is going to be um, their big. I forgot what his name is. Oh, the, I can't remember. Uh, Missouri. Missouri. I can't say what his damn name is. Number fifty-five or something. Yeah, Missouri, and and, and because he's always had a run in with Pop, he's always had a run in with Patty, with uh, with Patty, and also Patty um, with gets, Timmy. Patty like, how gets do, the how do you worst dislike luck. any of those people? <laughs> do. Also, I think the I think Spurs fans do hate uh, the Mavs a bit more because they did have Zaza at one point, and he Zaza got with Patty too. And he, That's true. He got with Patty and Kawhi before Golden State. Yeah, before the Golden State thing. Yeah. So, uh, well, he's off. He's off of them. But, but yeah, I think the only person this, right now currently that Spurs Spurs fans can say, you know what, this guy. Ooh, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Is is We're all. I'm just gonna say say right now, guys. He Matt cussed. <laughs> he dropped an f bomb. I'm gonna censor it out because we don't do f bombs here. We do shits, but we don't we don't drop. <laughs> I, see, that's that's how much we dislike this dude. <laughs> like, and I'm, now I'm, the prize for the first f bomb drop, Mac. Pena. How do you how do you flex on Timmy like or try to flex on Timmy and Pop like <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so, but um, Mavs t- talking more about the Mavs themselves. They are not doing that well. They have the 20th rate offense, 14th rate defense. They're kind of they're not in the playoff race at any point. They're just kind of playing to play. But knowing that this is a rivalry, they will always bring a bring a fire that is never expected. Yeah, these interstate interstate battles are always the hardest. I mean, they're just they're just so ugly, and the winds are just are are so much more savory and sweet when whenever you know the, whenever the Spurs do win. But it's just their battles; they're ugly. Yeah, so it could easily be a game the Spurs win if they show up, but it could also be a tough game if this if the Mavs decide to show up and Luka decides to do, hit his step back. Yeah, we gotta watch out, especially if he's shooting from half court. Damn, he's another one. But what do you think he Derek White would be guarding him too? I don't know. I don't know if if they're gonna put. I mean, I would essentially think that Derek White is probably gonna guard Luca just because of the positions that they play. Um, but Derek White is a little bit. I mean, he's a little thinner compared to Luca. Luca's a big boy. I mean, he's a big dude. So you gotta 
you yeah. have somebody bigger on him, but if you put... I think he's like 6'7 or something, so that's why I was like asking him. Well, Derek White's about 6'4". Yeah, but he's six, he's not only 6'7", but he's also like stocky, and he's oh, thick. He is. So he's, he's a big boy. You know, he's not one of these thinner guards that that won't back you down, that won't post you up. He's going to post you up, and he's going to take you take you to the hole. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, being a smaller guard, um, physique-wise, that, you know, you can't match that sometimes. So while I, I think Derek is probably going to be on him, it might be like a combination of, <clears throat> of like, DeMar, Derek. I see Rudy put him on him, put on yeah. him too. Just Rudy to... might be a step too slow, though. Because you know he's a little bit older. Both size though, I see it. The size, see matching up. Oh, the size would be good, yeah. All right, well, those are the next three upcoming games. Like I said, March sixth at Atlanta, March tenth at home against the Milwaukee Bucks, and March twelfth at the Dallas Mavericks. Now for the big news, the news we've been all been waiting for. <laughs> Pal Gasol is gone. <laughs> Pal Gasol has been bought out by the San Antonio Spurs and the remainder of his contract, which would include his $6.7 million that's guaranteed for next season. However, he did return $2.5 million, leaving the Spurs only paying him $4.2 million for next season. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> but uh, Pau Gasol has been bought out. He is no longer a Spur, the future Hall of Famer. We'd, I want to say this because I think some people will get the wrong impression of me being so excited about Powell leaving. I don't dislike the guy in any way. I do not. This dude is a stand-up guy. He was, from the stuff that we've heard, he's a great guy, always enjoyed the community, was a great teammate, especially with the Spurs, with the quotes that we heard after his leaving were, he never complained about his role. He was always, he was a... We'll get back to that. Put a pin in that one. Oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry I threw you up, but we got to come back. Yeah, so we'll come back to that. But this, he's a great guy, and he's going to be signing with the Milwaukee Bucks for the remainder of the season, which is going to be awkward because they played the Bucks on March 10th. Yep. So, no, so in less than a week of buying them out, he's going to be coming back. So, no, I agree with you. Everything that you said, with the exception of that one thing. Um, you know, I'm extremely happy. This was long overdue. They should have never done this in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have never given him this contract. They should have cut ties a long time ago. If Powell would have come earlier before he went to Chicago, it would have been better. But with all that being said, with all that negativity airing out, Powell, you are a champion. You're a wonderful human being. You're an excellent person, and I'm so glad that we finally saw what you looked like in the Spurs jersey um, because it was long overdue. But <clears throat> in regards to him not complaining or about his role, that's that's to me that's wrong because that was one of the biggest issues that came up this season um, not too long ago. Was you know he had that little interview in the papers where he mentioned you know he kind of mentioned that he was not happy with his role and not playing as much um, coming off his injury. And so that, that kind of, it didn't, I I will not say that jaded me, but it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I know for a fact that it rubbed some other people the wrong way too. Um, 
know, but all of that being said, that's neither here nor there anymore. Thank you for being for playing as a Spurs player. You looked great in black and white, which we could have done it sooner, but goodbye. <laughs> good riddance for this season, but good job, man. You're a great guy, <clears throat> champion, great teammate teammate. Uh they always said he was a great locker room guy, great mentor, especially for him being a veteran, one of the oldest guys on the team, and I think the only veteran after Timmy and Manu left. And Tony. I keep forgetting about Tony. But Pau Gasol, it was a good run. Thank you for buying out a contract so we can fill up the roster spot with someone else that could actually be using it. So. Yeah, and that's a great question. Or that that's a great segue into the next question. Are they gonna fill that roster spot? Uh I don't know. I don't I, I don't know if they should. I don't know. I need to look at the buyout candidates. There's so. not very many. There's not very many candidates that, that stick out or that are um very good. I mean, they had a chance at Enos Cantor, or I mean he was on the buyout market and nothing happened. Same thing was with Wesley Matthews, nothing happened, or at least well the little that we did know was that Lamarcus and DeMar were trying to reach out to him. But that didn't happen. You know, and I think those were the the best. (laughs) Carmelo. 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 No, please, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I don't, there's not very many good good buyout candidates. I think the, I think, I think at this point right now, you just run with what you have. If you have to bring up somebody from, from the G League, then, then by all means, but. You know, um, going forward, you have the nine. There is a nine, ro- nine, nine man rotation already set. You know, you're starting five, and then you have Patty, Marco, you know, either Davis or Rudy, whoever starts, and then, um, and then it looks like it's probably going to be Eubanks. So, um, you know, that's your rotation right now, and you just got to stick with that and run it. Yeah, and fortunately, I think it would be. I think later <clears> in the season. Uh, Metu, Lonnie, and Eubanks will begin more minutes, especially with that open roster spot now that's not being taken up by Powell. So it allows more younger guys to get kind of get through. I'm kind of looking at the G League roster. You got John Blair. If you need to fill out for some size, just for depth wise, um, and he's done pretty good. He's done pretty good in the G League, or so I've seen. Josh Hewitt, he wishes I can't say his name. He's I, what I've seen from him. He's pretty decent. He's just- you still have been, I mean, been more. And then they also have their their overseas guys. You know, they still have Adam Hanja. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, and then you also have Militinov. So you got you got some pieces, but I don't. I honestly don't think they're gonna they're gonna put in. They'll probably sign Ben Moore for the remainder for his contract, most likely. <laughs> it's because it's just two. He's a two way villain. Yeah. The last remaining roster spot, so you have that spot taken at least, and. Bam, you got you got right. it. <clears throat> All right, so the one thing that we are going to talk about next when we come back from at, at the line, we're going to talk about the Wild Wild West because this Western Conference is effing crazy. And then we'll be taking your Twitter questions as well as introducing you to a new segment. We'll be right back here at the line. I'm Ty Yeager, and I want to introduce you to the Rise Up Podcast community, a community for podcasters created by podcasters. 
dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. Rise Up is not a network. There are no contracts and no control over your content. Just a vessel for you to spread the word of your work and connect with the fellow podcasters to collaborate, create, and promote. And guess what? It doesn't cost you a single cent to join the community. Join the Rise Up podcast community today by visiting our website at bit.ly slash community and follow the community on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Again, that's bit.ly slash community and at rupodcommunity on Twitter. Come and join the community of podcasts and rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast Community. <laughs> and we're back here at the line so before we get to your twitter questions in our brand new segment we just gotta briefly touch on this wild wild west so there is now a three-way fight for the third seed between houston oklahoma city and portland and it's as we record this they're all in a three-way tie for that third third seed <laughs> so that's a bit insane then the third or the other third three-way fight that's going on is the six seven eight seed between san antonio the los angeles clippers not the lakers and the utah jazz it's basically the office gif with michael dwight and andy <laughs> like looking at each other. then and then and then occasionally like either the kings or pam is going or, to pam, um, pam. Okay. AKA the Kings is going to come in, but Jim's going to right. pull them out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. It was Dwight, Dwight, Michael, um, Andy. and Jim. Andy and Jim. No, no, no. It's uh, Michael, Dwight, and Andy with Pam. And Jim come gets, come gets uh, Pam to take her home. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's them It's them three, and then Pam's the fourth. Yeah, and then she leaves. And then, it's, and then so the GIF is actually is actually the three guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the actual scene is with the four. Yeah, yeah. you're right. All right. So, but the king, I would say Pam is the Kings, because the Kings are three games back from the eighth seed, and they could make the run. But I think Jim is going to be there to pull them out back to reality. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. It's just <clears throat> I don't think they have enough to to get over that hump, and and not to mention right now it's just it's a slaughter between all these teams that are currently fighting. You know? Exactly. So yeah. All right. So. Let's get to the amazing, beautiful segment of Twitter questions. So we go on Twitter. I, I usually send out a tweet on our on our Twitter at the line pod, and I ask you guys for your Twitter questions. And these are what we got tonight. The first one, I can't believe I'm even recognizing this one from Matt Mercury of the Seventy Sixers Faux 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 Podcast. He asks, "How much will the Spurs?" Resign Pau Gasol for in the summer. I'm like, bro, what the hell are God, you doing? Goddamn trolls! These are serious questions, bro. Only serious questions. No, they're not resigning him. If they do, it would be, be it better be for the vet minimum. Or I'm not. Or I'm gonna. I'm leaving my team. I'm going to Portland. No, Pau, just retire, bro. Let's just hang it up. Thank you. Enjoy your the rest of your your life and go play in Miami. Go and, go enjoy it. Go and go enjoy your last like season or so. <laughs> All right, the next question though is from uh, James Laffery of the Everything Cavs podcast. If you had to predict who was going to be next year's surprise teams, 
This year's would clearly the Kings and Denver to some degree, but who would next year's surprise teams be if you could guess? Oh, uh, that's a great one. Do you want to take this one first? <laughs> Damn, I was gonna ho- hopefully you took it first because I was trying to think of some teams. Um, I'm maybe the Clippers. Clippers, uh, Clippers, because yeah. they could possibly sign Kawhi, and they also have free. I think they have two. They have two spots for max contracts, but yes, they do. They still they got money. They got money, and they could clearly woo someone over there and sign them. I wouldn't say a surprise, but the Knicks maybe. Knicks is possible. Depending if their um their free agency plans they, come to fruition. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking Magic too. I like Magic. They were, looked decent with Vucevic. They keep Vucevic, and then they put someone else around him, a real point guard. <clears throat> then I think that I think that a uh, Magic team could be pretty good too. I don't think they'll reach the um the heights of you know this year's Kings in Denver. But I think they might, you know, have make some noise for sure. Yeah. Then uh, um, Spurs. I think no one's gonna be, no one's gonna expect the Spurs because I don't think they, because they haven't seen Dejounte for a year. They also don't know too much about Derek White. So I think the Spurs are gonna be a surprise to some people, not us, but other people definitely. Right. And Mavericks maybe because I, I feel, I'm not sure that's a surprise either. It's more of kind of predicting who the good teams will be. Well, I know I agree with you with Mavs. Like, if if KP comes back strong, um, then yeah, I definitely think the Mavs are going to be one of those teams that's going to be just insane to handle. Exactly. Uh, another uh, another guy responded to to uh, Cavs the Clubhouse Pod, or you can call them at the Clubhouse Fifteen. They asked, uh, "Would the Hawks be a surprise?" Mm. I think they still got a lot of a lot of work to do. Um, in regards to, to rebuilding, I think this next offseason is really going to determine whether or not they put the pieces around Trey. Because obviously, you got to move on or you got to build around Trey Young at this point. Um, you know, they he's turning out to be, a, even though they miss Luca, he's turning out to be a good second, you know, um, to Luca. So he's definitely probably the second best rookie, in my opinion. He's the second best rookie. Uh, this season so so yeah they didn't looking back on it they didn't do too bad in their draft and choosing Trey Young but they got to build around him so it just depends on on what pieces they put in I still think they're like a two to three year project away it might not be until another two years two to three years until they actually start doing something or making some noise yeah all right the next one comes from Ballify NBA he says what is Lonnie Walker's ceiling what do you think of his play so far this year and that this is a very difficult question because we just haven't seen that much of Lonnie when it comes to NBA minutes, and what we've seen has been some garbage time type minutes. So it's not the best play, man. But this ignited Spurs Twitter. Like <laughs> this question has just been burning at Spurs Twitter this entire, well, at least for the past week or so. Um, I think it's too hard to tell at this point what Lonnie Lonnie's ceiling is. Just like last year, it was pretty hard to tell what Derek's um, ceiling was and the same thing before er, with with DeJounte is the thing with the Spurs is they take their time to to develop their players they let them marinate they let them sit they let them soak in all those juices and get real nice and tender and then then once they throw them on the fire then they become those like beautiful perfect steak um, 
So all right, enough with the food hard. porn. We got it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. it's Go hard. Ahead. Well, and it's the thing. Like, it, it, Lonnie Walker has so much raw potential. He's just a freak of an athlete. This kid has a good head on his shoulders, and he understands the game differently. Um, you know, he's not this a casual rookie that that's coming in and and trying to be everything he's he's trying to play or he's trying to be within the system and organization and he coming from his background he understands all of that and so he has a cerebralness about him that sets him apart from a lot of rookies so i think his ceiling i think he can be a, a great player i think he can be the, i wouldn't say manu but i think he can be like manu where it's kind of like that He's a maverick. He's a spark off the bench. He's that change of pace. He's like a change of pace running back. He's that guy you throw in there and say, "Hey, go make something happen," um, you know, and and he'll do it. Yeah. With I, that being, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Sorry. I was just say, with that being said, he has a lot of work to do. Um, and obviously, to be honest, it comes down to he needs to stay in the G League. Yeah, he can get some 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 NBA minutes, but I think the G League is going to do really well for him. And it's almost over anyways. So, um, but he needs that development. He needs the development of, I think to him, the game, for him, the game doesn't slow down. He needs to understand that he needs to slow the game down and let the, let the game come to him um, instead of trying to chase the game all the time. And I think once he understands, I guess... And, and going back to Star Wars, because I've been on this huge Star Wars kick, he needs to be more Jedi-like in his mind, where it's just, he needs to calm himself, he needs to focus, and then and then attack. He needs to understand his game better, um, also develop a better shot. But all of that comes, you know, it's... Some people are saying he's still two to three years. Um, I think he's more wanted to, you know, I think I think next next year he can he can do a really good job of, of being a serviceable bench player. Uh, you know, coming in, playing 15, 20 minutes and, and giving and doing a lot of good for, for the Spurs. I think he's going to be a piece next year for sure. Shout out to Jeff Not Garcia. Starting piece, but a good piece. Shout out to Jeff Garcia who's gotten you on that. I feel like he's the reason that you're on that kick. Uh, you know what, dude? It, 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 well, no, I mean, Jeff and I share a lot of a lot of nerd culture together. And that, yeah, I guess, you know, he's been, all those questions he always poses is great. And then, um, so I, I just so happen to have Netflix, or who doesn't have Netflix nowadays? But sure. Clone Wars is on there, and it's just I can eat, I can watch it at ease and just watch it and watch it and watch it. And so I've been on this huge Star Wars thing. Yes. <clears throat> well, if you want to go follow Jeff, because he's a good friend of the podcast, go follow him at Jeff G Spurs Zone. You can also he's also locked on Spurs Spurs Zone for Fo- is it Fox? Uh, was it? I actually, I mean, it's News Four, I think, is is what it is. News Four, Fox Twenty Nine. He's all over the place. He he knows yeah, what he knows. He's got stuff. a lot of stuff. He's got a lot of projects. He knows what he he knows what he's doing. And the last question that I'm going to pose to you: What position? I think we've heard this before too. What position on the Spurs are they lacking, and what should they be addressing in free agency or come the offseason or come in the draft? Without going too long um, or too winded, too long winded in this question. Because I, I want to hear your answer on that Lonnie Walker question. Um, oh, I completely need, forgot about that. Let's rewind real quick. Lonnie, hold on, hold on. no, 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 hold on. Hold on. Let's All just finish right. this one real quick. Right, it's just, for me, it's a quick answer. They need wing players. They need they need those wing defenders. If they can get two wing defenders, 
you know, something similar to like the OG and the Pascal Siakam, then that's perfect. That's, by, that's my piece on that. By the way, the question was, was from at SLA Chill One. So it was pretty, it's pretty, pretty chill Twitter handle. I know I'm, I'm horrible. With the Lonnie Walker one, uh, I think his ceiling is going to be a, a two way player. He can score, he has the length to defend. I think he's going to be a pretty good two way player. And be especially an athletic scoring beast. I think that's his ceiling. That's what he could possibly be. I am worried with his development, but we saw what would happen with Jante and Derek. We didn't really see much of them, and they turned out really fine. So I'm going to put my hopes on the Spurs' development and see that Lonnie is going to develop. When it comes to this, I same thing. Wing players, they're going to need someone to... Replace Rudy eventually. Rudy might not sign in sign in free agency for our because he signed a one year contract. He could easily resign, but you still need someone behind him because there is no wing player behind him, really. If you right. count Mar- Marco, maybe, and that's no, not really, and he's more guardish than forwardish too. Right, they need to have that go- that combo that combo guard forward. You know that can defend positions one through four if possible. Yeah, and um, so I would say a defending wing, if I'm going to get specific. I mean, I think that they, they, they need to find like the next Danny Green, um, someone that can do the three and D because, and someone that's consistent at, at the three ball. Because right now they they don't have. Yes, they have Patty. Yes, they have um, Davis, and yes, they have uh, Marco, okay. but and and Bryn, but I mean. Sometimes they can be super streaky, and they gotta have somebody that's just consistent, you know, forty, high forties, um, three ball. So for sure. So, um, well, but with that Lonnie Walker question, just real quick about development, that's exactly why you know people want to come to the Spurs is because of the organization. So, and he even he was excited, you know, when when they drafted him on, at eighteen, he was excited. He knew exactly, and this is why I say he's got a good head on his shoulders because he understood like. You know what? I'm going to a great organization, and that's one of the reasons why Spurs, the Spurs, love him because he understands on a different level mentally. So yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up Twitter questions. If again, keep an eye on our Twitter at the Lion Pod on Twitter for whenever we have a Twitter question, we'll put pull, put those up. You will have a chance to get your shout out and your question on at the line. Now, what is this new segment we've been? Teasing the whole time. It's something that we literally came up with five minutes before we started recording the first segment. <laughs> I'm not even joking. This is Who's That Stupid Twitter? <laughs> I, I, I thought I had game show music. But <laughs> clearly I did not. So we'll go with this. Alright, this is our new segment and we will be describing a stupid Twitter account. However, we will not be saying the name because we don't want to blast them. We're not that mean, but we, but this, honestly, these accounts are too stupid to not mention, to be honest. And we got a good one for you for for our very first one. So we will give you the bio and we'll give you a few (coughs) tweets, but we will not give you the name of this person. If you do figure out who this is, DM us on Twitter. First DM, uh, I'll give you a prize. Don't. If Exile will reward you for finding this guy. This we're not exact- saying we're not saying go and find him. If you happen to come across, if you, somebody if you know what, if you this know, exact one. if you figure, 
out who we're talking about, just DM me and say that it was this person. Don't do anything else, and I'll give you a prize. <laughs> so, so let's start off with this one. We're gonna I'm gonna describe this first. Let's start off with the bio. The bio is probably the biggest one, the big one that you guys could probably find out. My name is blank, 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 blank. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to use this microphone with it. Diehard ca- dub slash cowboy fan. Follow for in-depth sports analysis. <laughs> like Fortnite and Minecraft, I love Draymond Green. So that's that's the bio. If you want, if you're trying to figure right. out who this is, <laughs> that's just the bio. Now let's get to the, let's get to the banner. Let's get to the banner. This is the one that you pointed out, and I start dying <laughs> laughing. You go ahead, and go ahead, go with this one. All right. So the banner, of course, obviously in this type of situation, the banner is a Photoshop banner of players on their favorite team that they have, and then they have wording across it. And in that wording, it says in-depth analysis. <laughs> however, <laughs> however. <laughs> the word depth is misspelled. <laughs> and analysis is misspelled. It's in, so it's N I N dash D E P T, like department. <laughs> analysis, I, I don't, I don't know how, how. Did he misspell analysis in the bio? No, he didn't misspell it in the bio. He spelled it correctly in the bio. But, but you can't his, get the banner right? <laughs> but in this banner, he got it wrong. <laughs> he All misspells right. it. In the banner, also. All right. The- <laughs> to top it off, this this guy has over fifteen hundred followers. <laughs> this is why these these Twitter. This is why we can't these, have nice things. <laughs> these this fake. I you know I I have a huge problem with these like stand Twitter accounts. They're just so horrible and cringy. Oh, if you thought if you thought the banner was cringy, the the profile picture was I was dying over earlier. Oh yeah, you didn't so, even mention the so profile. So the profile picture, because this is a Warriors fan, it's a picture of, I think a normal picture of Steph and KD, where like, I think it's a bit, has a bit of a filter on it, kind of that grainy <laughs> look, but it's Steph and KD kind of looking, looking at something, and then in the middle of it, it's a Photoshop face of Draymond Green yelling, <laughs> and it's from like the neck up, it's not, the the body's just floating there, the head is just floating in the between this. <laughs> And you, I can't, I can't like describe this and give it, give it the honor of how funny this is. Wonderful. Look, look guys, what we're saying is there's no problem with making Stanikin, but, but at least be grammatically correct and, and factual, at least have some type of consistency in that, in that, in that regard, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being yourself too. Yeah. Who cares if you you like Draymond Green and that's your favorite player. That's fine. Who cares if you like Minecraft and Fortnite? It's okay to be that. It's 2019. Everybody accepts everybody. You don't have to be this fake persona <laughs> and and make yourself look like this. Sorry, I, sorry, Rand. I'm like going to a few of these tweets because this kid just tweets all over the time. One of the tweets is, try cigarettes, heard they are fun. What? Oh. See what I mean? Cringe. I heard, that is I, so cringy. I think Gerard Green is a top 20 NBA guy. Who? <laughs> Gerard Green? From Houston? I'm, 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 just, I'm, just kind of going, I'm just going through his Twitter and it's... 
<laughs> so that's okay. Let's see again. <laughs> These NBAs stand or any sports athletes stan accounts are horrible. Just let's let's leave that behind. We don't we don't need these accounts anymore. You know what? Just be who you are. Just stop. These these accounts are horrible. All right, I I don't think yeah. this kid is fake. I don't think so because he's tweet because he tweeted a picture saying I'm actually tweeting from an iPod just to further prove you can see I'm logged in on it. So, but in and it's it's a it's an old iPod and it's like not updated either because I I know I understand this because it's the old Twitter layout. Oh my god! And it's like a cracked screen. This kid is not BSing. This is what happens when you let like thirteen, you know, twelve and thirteen year olds on Twitter. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> all right, all right. If you guys go find this account, DM us the the name, the uh, his Twitter handle, and we'll give you a prize just for going through seeing what we saw. <laughs> this is crazy. How do you make this Twitter like this? How does this happen? And how does it have 1,500 followers? That That's what blows my mind, 1,500 followers. I, I bet most of those are bots, but even still, come on. Come on. Or paid. They're either bots or paid. They can't be real. They can't. Oh no! Stand NBA accounts. All right, I I can't I can't I can't look at it more. This is <laughs> don't this is, avert your eyes. I, I can't. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That's enough. That's enough at the line. That's enough of stupid Twitter. Yeah, if you like <laughs> that segment, please tell us because we had some fun with that one. Twitter is the greatest. Is the greatest social media site though. That's for sure. For sure. Well, guess you guys can go check us out at the line at our home base at atthelinepodcast.com or you can find us now on bellyupsports.com under the podcast tab. We're going to be the very first basketball podcast over there, so we're really excited. You can also find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You can find us on Twitter at at atthelinepod or you can find bellyupsports at at bellyupsports. You can also find me and Mac at Ty Yeager Radio and at Mac Penn Media. Like I said earlier, I will be co-hosting the Royalty Podcast with Austin DeBolt and James Laffery of the Everything Cavs Podcast, so go check out the Royalty Podcast at Royalty Podcast on Twitter. And don't forget to check out our community, not network, a community of <laughs> amazing podcasts that are just trying to help each other grow and grow as people and podcasts at the Rise Up podcast community at ru pod community or check them out at rise up at bitly slash rise up pod community we also have merch in our own very merch store you can find our new merch including the guys drunk hoodie t-shirts and tank tops now at bitly at bitly slash at the line store that's bitly slash at the line store or you can find the link at our home base at at the line podcast.com at the line is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. Go to there for all your favorite articles, favorite podcasts of all these different sports. It's gonna be awesome. Belly Up Sports, be bold, stand out. Mac, you have anything else? No, guys. Just hopefully we can get this uh, this dub. Let's go, Spurs. Go, Spurs, go. We'll be back here, and we'll see you back here at the line. <laughs>